All right, Matt Lornick in for Chris Renwick on your Sunday evening. Real quick update, if you're not watching, you should be, but the Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a game that got out to a Los Angeles lead of 24 at one point is now a seven-point game with 3.15 to go, and it's probably what's been the most exciting game of these NFL playoffs so far, which really was not supposed to be the most exciting game of the playoffs so far. Yesterday, two games that were pretty just sputtered out offensively. You get a 19-16 win. You get a 13-10 win in those other two games last night. And, I mean, this one was really not scripted to go this way. You really kind of thought that it was going to be in favor of, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be in favor of the Buccaneers in, in a much bigger way and the Rams came out and, and absolutely dominated. But as we've all seen and know, you can never count Tom Brady out. And his team has absolutely come back in this one. Like we said, it's got 234 to go in the fourth, and it's a 27-20 game. Rams do have the ball, though, and uh, they're looking to just put it on the turf. I'm not trying to do play-by-play here or anything, but it's literally what's happening as I'm watching the game in the studio. Turn this game on. Turn us on. Let's listen to it. Enjoy it together. Other stuff going around locally here. Michigan Wolverines, your Michigan basketball team, got a nice win today on the road in Indiana. Took care of business there with the Hoosiers, 80-62. to They moved to 9-7 and on the season, and they took out the 14-5 and Indiana Hoosiers. Now, Michigan and Michigan State will be taking each other on later this week. They're going to have a game coming up. On the weekend, it's going to be Saturday, January 29th. Those two teams, Michigan and Michigan State, will be playing. This is not the remake of the postponed game from earlier this year. This is another scheduled game. These two teams were already scheduled to play each other twice this season. They're going to play each other. This is the first time they will, but second scheduled time. They're going to take on each other Saturday the 29th. And again, a game where... On paper, you looked at it last time, and the advantage was Michigan State all the way. There was really no thought that Michigan was going to have a chance to win that game when they were first scheduled to play. Uh, The only upside was that it was at Chrysler Center, and that was really what Michigan fans were hanging on to and and holding on to was that, that thought of, you know what, there's a real opportunity here that this team could turn into something that Michigan could have a chance to maybe get a win over Michigan state just because that game being at Chrysler. Now this game coming up on Saturday is in East Lansing at the Breslin center, a little bit different environment. You know, the is zone's going to be loud in there. You know that Michigan's going to have to have a very good game on the road against Michigan state to try and get something going there. So the phone lines are open. If you want to chime in and join us, 800-859-0957. You can call or text. Anything's out there. If you want to talk NFL playoffs, you want to talk college basketball, we're here for it. Let's go to Greg real quick. Greg called in. Greg, how's it going? Hey, it's Mr. Positive. What's up, Mr. P? Oh, my God. I cannot believe what's happening. How crazy is this one, right? Oh, my God. I, they're going to lose at the very last second, uh, you think, Stanford. You think so, Unbelievable. Huh? I I gave up hope. It's not even funny. Now, are you in? Are, I got to ask: Are you in that catch twenty two of fans who are Stafford lovers, like to see the guy go far, but are also Brady fans and are really having a tough time seeing him potentially go out on this kind of note? Uh, Brady or uh, Stafford? Stafford, I like uh, Brady. It's just 
it, this was this game was LA's to lose, uh-huh. and they're losing it. I just can't believe what has transpired. Oh my God! Yeah. In the past five minutes, they've given four turnovers, and it, it's just unbelievable. You could cry. No, yeah. You I, thought I'm it was right. Stanford, and you, you're just ah. I mean, whoa, Brady, I, I like, and he's the great one, but, oh, my God, I just yeah. I, I can't believe it. No, I agree with you. This has definitely not been something you thought was going to happen. It almost seems like that veteranness of Tom Brady is what's rubbing off on his team in this moment, and you wouldn't want to say that the Rams are a team full of rookies because they're not, but the Ram is a team of inexperience in this type of setting. They, they're not used to really being here with the guys that are here. And and as you mentioned, right, just small miscues, small things that don't normally go right. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the opposite side of it, you're absolutely right. This is a team that knows how to be here based on just having one guy back there. The calm coolness of Brady, I mean, I think that's what's carrying him right now. And look, Tom Brady doesn't need a lot of time. There's three minutes left in this thing. That's more than enough. And And I think that's where you're really going to be in a situation that, as Mr. Positive called in and said, the Rams could easily throw this thing. They could easily lose it. I mean, Bucks right now on the 25, heading into score with two minutes to go, just had the two-minute warning. I mean, who would have thought if you were watching this game earlier? And the one that we're more excited about here in the studio that we were talking about is coming up in about a half hour. I mean, you got the Bills taking on the Chiefs, a game with two, again, younger quarterbacks that are going to probably combined put up maybe 100 points. This game could easily get, you know, if, if you took the under in that game coming up, I'm sorry because that, that was a mistake. That They could easily put up a ton of points, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they are two teams that are basically in that mindset of, you know, we're going to outscore the other. And they don't really, you know, yeah, they have good defenses, but, you know, they are not in a situation of looking at it like, yeah, this is going to be a defensive juggernaut. This score we're seeing right here might actually be the score of that game at halftime. Absolutely. Yeah, 27-20 could easily be a halftime score in the, in the next one coming up. But let's talk about a little bit. I want to get into a little bit of stuff that happened last night in the NFL because, granted, yes, low scoring, but exciting. And, and something that I saw out of this was – Maybe having a bye week isn't the best thing for you because the two number one seeds overall, the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers, they both fell last night in a game that, as you're looking at it, I mean, came down to, as we talked about, last second field goals and in situations where veterans just were not veterans. Aaron Rodgers, he did not look good. I mean, the Packers went down that first drive of the game. They scored a touchdown. They did not score for nine consecutive possessions after that. They didn't score a touchdown nine, the rest of their nine possessions. They got a field goal, but they didn't get anything else that they needed. And their special teams is just abysmal. I don't know how you're the Green Bay Packers, and you can let your special teams be that bad because your special teams cost you the game. You had 10 guys on the field when that last field goal was being kicked. Ten guys. And so if you're the Green Bay Packers and you're looking at things, I don't know that you have a team, you know, next year where you're going to get Aaron Rodgers back because Aaron Rodgers was saying some stuff at the end of that game that was very 
enlightening and essentially mysterious all in the same time. Says he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild if that's where his team's headed. Says I'm still competitive. Says a lot of things where he goes to continue to say, you know what, I have so much gratitude for this city. It sounded like almost a farewell speech in some ways, right? And didn't it seem, Eric, yeah. you know, that it was a little bit like, you know what, I'm kind of on my way out here. It did to me. I, I, I was looking at it the exact same way. Like, this doesn't sound like you really think you're going to be wearing those colors next year. Yeah. But I, I, the first thing I said to a buddy was, can you blame him? No. You had your, you had your replacement drafted. Mm-hmm. He, you had this really bad offseason with them that, with all the question marks, you come back and it just, they were a great team because of him, but it just, it doesn't seem like he's really, as much as he might love Green Bay, it doesn't seem like him and the Packers organization like each other too much right yeah. now. And he's probably, I, I, I would be astonished if he's wearing that helmet next year. Yeah. And this is two straight years that they've been the number one seed and they haven't made it to the, to the Super Bowl. you know, much beyond where they were in that situation previously. Right. And I think that's exactly where you can look at this and say, Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen there? Could he easily hang it up? Yeah, he could easily hang it up. But he also said, I'm super competitive. I still want to keep playing. He just wants to He wants to be in that, and he has every right to be, and he is in that Brady conversation a lot of ways, but he wants to be that quarterback that you, that you pick up and you put on a team and you go and win a Super Bowl like Brady did. He wants to be the guy that goes to Tennessee and replaces Ryan Tannehill. Is that a weird thing to say? No, because Ryan Tannehill, you also didn't play great yesterday. And Ryan Tannehill, you are the problem, unfortunately, for your team. You have every single piece around you possible. And there is just nothing to help you out there. So we're here with Sports Wrap, 800-859-0957. The phone lines are open. You can give us a call. Keep watching the, the Rams and the Bucks. We've got it on the studio. We're going to have another update for you when we get on the other side of the break. We're going to keep talking some NFL playoffs, the game tonight, some games next week and what that's going to mean for your Detroit Lions in their draft picks. Coming up on Sports Wrap on WJR. Matt Lornick in for Chris Renwick on your Sunday evening, and as we talked about it before, if you weren't watching it, you should be. The Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this game has gone down, I mean, now essentially in history of the playoffs this year as the most entertaining game they have had. It's 27-27. The Bucks just went down and scored. They went for it on fourth and one, scored a touchdown. The Rams are driving. Matthew Stafford, though, let's remind yourself, we know it from him here in Detroit. He's got a lot of game-winning drives. He's got 42 game-winning drives in his career. Tom Brady's got 53. Okay, so he's in good company, Matthew Stafford. He's up there with the greats, right? He's with there. He's up there with Matt Ryan, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Peyton Manning. I mean, he's in that elite company of game-winning drives. Will this moment be too big for him? Will it be too big for his teammates? I don't know. We're about to find out. We're buckled in for the last 35 seconds waiting to see if we're going to overtime or if someone's going to win this thing. And and regardless of that, they still got to get a first down. They could easily turn this thing right back to the Buccaneers. So a lot going on, a lot to see what could happen here. But the bigger thing to talk about is... Sort of the Cinderella story of things that I like to think. The Cincinnati Bengals this playoff season. They have just continued to keep finding ways to win and to get the job done. A team that everybody has pretty much sort of written off in the past and said, ah, they're, they're not that great. It's just Cincinnati. They, they got that monkey off their back. And 
They have now put themselves in elite company. And real quick, the Rams, Matthew Stafford just threw a bomb to Cooper Cup. They're down inside the 15-yard line of Tampa Bay with 10 seconds to go. They're going to probably clock it. They're going to come out, try and kick a field goal, and they're going to try and win this thing. Matthew Stafford, rightfully so, is excited. And, and I mean, look, this is where I'm torn. This is where I'm torn. Eric and I both sitting here in the studio. This is where we're torn. Yeah, big time. Tom yeah. Brady, my guy, man. Michigan, you know, Michigan fan here. Tom Brady's my guy. I would hate to see this be his last go. But I am happy for Matthew Stafford to be finally having success somewhere. He deserves it. And this could be it. They look like they are on the verge of knocking off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. They're coming out for the field goal to end this thing. And will this be Brady's last go? Because also, a lot of things that Brady has said this week that have been questionable. They just kicked it. They just won it. Game over. Los Angeles Rams, they're going to the NFC championship game. By the way, you're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. I, and not that they're being overshadowed at all. Yeah. How about the one-two punch of Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup this year? It yeah. is insane it's what those elite. two have been do. It's just phenomenal. What the, and, and, and that's he still has other weapons on that team. It's just what Cooper Cup did. It's it's a real big one-two punch. You just saw it right there. Yeah, I mean, and, and you, you say it exactly right. I mean, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford hooked up for what essentially was their the game-winning field goal. It was 60-yard bomb down the field that led to this. I mean, Tom Brady, and here the thing, is this his last game? Is this his last go? It could be. I, I mean, you know, he he's the guy that's taking it on a year-by-year basis. He's got a year left on his contract, but, I mean, let's be real. He could get out of this if he really wanted to. He'd find a way to go to the organization and say, you know what, here's the deal. I'm not coming back. Let's cut some deals here. Let's take money off the table, whatever it might be. If he really wants out, he'll get out. But yeah. he, I don't know. Do you think he will? I, I, we were talking about this uh, before the show. Yeah. I, I say yes, and I say yes because his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator are both more than likely their head coach candidates right now. One of not both of them are probably gone. Mm-hmm. We, we said it. His number one target is Rob Gronkowski, who's only playing football because Tom Brady's playing football. As soon right. as Tom Brady leaves – Gronk's going to leave. Uh, yeah, Gronk's going to leave. They still have a lot of weapons. I just don't know that Tom Brady, you know, I think he still loves the game. I don't know that he has the grind to get through another 17. Mm-hmm. And and like we said, I, I kind of hope it is because I'm I'm afraid that the cliff's going to fall at some point. And I don't want Tom Brady's last season to be ended with an injury or ended with him getting pulled because he throws, you know, like Tannehill, throws three, three interceptions in a big yeah. game. I, I don't want that. So I would say, yeah, you, you even said it the best. What else does he have to prove? There's right. nothing else he can do mm-hmm. other than like break the rook or the the QB rushing record for a season, which is right. never going to happen. Yeah, and I, you're exactly right. He has nothing left to prove. And I think when everybody said, "Oh, he's going to leave the Patriots," can he win somewhere else? He handled that. He answered that question. He absolutely can win somewhere else. And he is in that elite conversation of quarterback where, you know. We, we talk about elite quarterbacks, right? And yes, he's in that con- conversation. Peyton Manning in that conversation of guys who have come and gone in the league and have been elite quarterbacks. Drew Brees is in that conversation. Aaron Rodgers. But I think there's also a category of quarterback that they don't, you know, that you can break off of elite and say, we're going to insert you and you're going to win for us. A- and I think that list is a little smaller, but I think Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are the only two guys playing right now who could be in that discussion. And you're starting to see, will Matthew Stafford also be in that discussion? Because that's essentially what the Rams did. The Rams went, 
got Matthew Stafford, put him in their system and said, okay, let's go win. And so is Matthew Stafford also in that conversation of elite? And does this take all of the Stafford haters that are here in Detroit and make them say, wow, you know what? It was never his fault. Does the Rams, this is a better question as both Lions fans, does the Rams' success kind of take that veil off of Stafford of, oh, he's a good player on a bad team, and make you realize, no, he's just a flat-out good player. And the Lions are just a bad team. And the Lions are just, <laughs> well, you even said it, he's got 42 comebacks. I was like, he had 42 wins in Detroit? Right. I never, I, I, I knew he had that, but yeah. it's just that kind of thing. It, I think it's it's starting to make people realize, everybody always say, he's a good quarterback, I don't know if he's top 10. Well, yes, he is top 10, and he has been... For most of the time he's been yeah. in the league, mm-hmm. his, his record has just always been so terrible that you never realize. I mean, he, he helped Calvin get the single-season receiving record. He's right. pretty good to be able to do that. And he's the fastest to get to most passing yards. Absolutely. I, I mean, he, he is an elite quarterback. There's no doubt about it. He was just on a terrible team. But that's a great question for Lions fans out there. 800-859-0957 if you want to chime in and join the conversation. We got the phone lines open. We got the text line open. 800 800- Eight five nine zero nine five seven. If you want to talk on that, but I think that's a very valid question. Can we all now agree? And it should pretty much be done after this game that he just put on this performance that Stafford just had in this game. This should really just end the conversation for everybody that says, "Oh, he's not that great." He he is, and he always was. For for everybody that looked at it like, "Oh no, you know he's terrible." No, he's been good. He's been good the whole time. He's been a player. Now, did he have to sort of grow into it a little bit? Yeah, but I don't think you'll ever be able to question his toughness, one, and his ability, two, because he just showed it in this game. Well, and he just did it against arguably the greatest comeback player. Like Tom Brady has, it seems like every game that he wins, he wins on a last-second drive. Yeah. He did it in multiple Super Bowls. Stafford just one-upped the guy who's the king of doing it in, yeah. in, in kind of Brady-esque fashion. And who would have thought that 35 seconds was enough time, right? Yeah. If you're a Tampa Bay fan, you're looking at this going, this is great. We just scored. We left them 35 seconds. Uh, it's just the Rams. It'll be fine. Matt Stafford then just says, hey, you know what? Let me go get my 43rd comeback win and game-winning drive and go down the field and score. And that's exactly what he did. And and so I think that is very easily the nail in the coffin for all of the people here in Detroit that say he's not good. He's good. We just don't. We never had the pieces for him. We had a piece here and a piece there, and we had a, a receiver that was phenomenal in Calvin Johnson that made him look really good for that year, but we've just never really had it all put together. And so, you know what? Unfortunately, we had to part ways. But now, Dan Campbell's in. That's a little bit of a bright spot. We can get into that coming up in the next break because I think we need to stop looking at Stafford and and worrying about what could have been or should have been or what we could have done, should have done, we can't go back now. We can only continue to look towards the future with this organization here in Detroit. Will we ever be able to be in the playoffs like this? Don't know. What do you think? 800-859-0957 is the phone number. 800-859-0957. Sports Wrap on WJR. Matt Lornick in for Chris Renwick on your Sunday evening, hanging out with producer Eric here in the studios. Just watch the Los Angeles Rams absolutely, I mean, go down and I wouldn't say dominate. I mean, they dominated and then they decided not to for a while and then Stafford had to come back and lead them on a game-winning drive. But they beat the Bucks 30-27, to the most exciting game 
we've seen so far in the playoffs this year. A lot of stuff that we've said before earlier in the show, is a bye week really a good thing? Probably not. It's great money-wise. I get it. The NFL loves it. It's one extra week of the playoffs that you get to milk for some more cash. But does it really help those teams? It didn't because the Titans lost and the Packers lost. Yeah, and I, I and that's the weird thing is that usually you'd think that buys nice, get some rest, get mm-hmm. some guys, and all that. Uh, but I, I think it was a combination of that, and I think the Cincinnati Bengals team is just firing on all cylinders right now. That I, I don't really know if if you'd given them no buy, two weeks buy to prepare and all that. I don't think yeah. it makes a difference. On the other one, I mean, Tannehill had a bad game. I also think. Uh, I think Coach Rabel got a little too committed to Derrick Henry. Yes. 20 carries for 62 yards. Okay. that like After a little while, you got to realize it's just not working, and he can still be a very useful decoy. Mm-hmm. As long as he's on the field, you have to keep a body or two near him. So uh, I just think it was that perfect mixture of Tannehill couldn't execute, and they got a little too happy to have King Henry back in the lineup. And you bring up a great point, right? You know, you get those players back, and it's all of a sudden this excitement around the game, like, all right, Derrick Henry's back. This is going to be it. And you're right. Coaches have to be able to, and they say it at the end of every game, right? Good coaches always say, oh, you know, I had to do more. You know, Ryan had to do more. And that's exactly what Vrabel said when he had the post-game press conference was, I, I should have done more as a coach. And, yeah, you know, you, you should have probably mixed it up a little bit and, and, and tried to use Derrick Henry in other ways, but you didn't. And, and so I think was it after a while Cincinnati could just kind of predict what was going to happen and and like you said to hold them to just 62 yards in a game where Derrick Henry has been known to just absolutely destroy teams. Yeah, you know what? Maybe he wasn't he was 100% healthy, but this guy also hadn't played in weeks. It'd been a long time. I had him on my fantasy team. He hadn't played for a very long yeah. time. And it's just a cra- But see, it's the interesting. Like so far you've you've mentioned that we don't know if is this Tom Brady's last snap. Yep. And we just said Tannehill's not the guy. No. So if you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers who could potentially have some freedom here, mm-hmm. what looks more enticing to you? These are two teams that technically should be favorites in Super Bowls almost every year, and they're both out of the out, out of it in a couple weeks. Yeah, and so that's something I agree with you in saying is, you know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you essentially have your look of maybe three teams that, like, do I stay with the Packers? Do I call up Vrabel and say, hey, I'm, I want to come to Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Or do I call up Bruce Arians down in Florida and say, you know what, I'll, I'll come to Tampa Bay if Tom leaves? Yeah. And I think those are all very realistic discussions that will be happening once the playoffs finally, you know, once these teams are out, that's when you see all these conversations start happening, right? We talked about it before. The Bucks have two coordinators that are definitely NFL head coaching candidates. They're going to have interviews. They couldn't until now, and now they can. And they will. And the news will come out this week that they're visiting this team, visiting that team, talking to these guys. And and it's absolutely going to be something where does that make it easier for Brady to decide to go? Now, what I've known of Tom Brady in the past is he's not making a decision until the entire season is over. So don't expect something to happen now. Don't expect something to happen next month. I wouldn't expect to hear anything until March, April, if not later. If I'm Tampa Bay, the only thing I'm saying is you have to let us know before we draft. Absolutely. Just for that exact reason. Not that we're going to, we might need to take a quarterback. Right. But we also need to know if we need to use any of these picks to come, to go get a quarterback from another team. So that would be my, if I'm Arians, and then that's my only, only caveat. We don't care how long you take, but I, I, what is it, mid April, we need to know are you going to be a Buccaneer? And if you are, great. You got one more year. We're happy to have you back. If not, we need to know so we can 
move towards the future. Yeah. And you mentioned the draft, right? And now we're, we're looking at it from the Lions' perspective. Yep. Lions got number two pick in the draft. We know that for sure. Where their other pick in the first round is going to be, we're not sure yet because the Rams are still in it. And wherever the Rams finish, that matters on where our pick's going to be for that second first rounder. And really, if you get, you're getting two picks in the first round, Lions fans, you should be ecstatic. Okay. This was the right decision. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many people are like, oh, but no, this was the right decision. Okay. Now, there is that camp of fan out there who says, we need another quarterback. Jared Goff's not the guy. Okay. You might be right. But do we need another quarterback right now? I don't think so. I think you can limp through another season without one because newsflash, if there's Lions fans that think next year is going to be the year you make it to the playoffs, I don't know if it is. I don't think I don't think we're there yet. Now, has the ship started to turn in the right direction? Absolutely. Dan Campbell has a locker room that believes in him and wants to play for him and wants to fight for him. And that more than anything else is what year one had to be about. He had to take that locker room and make it be something that the team can get behind and the fans could then get behind. And I think that's the biggest thing that he had to try and do, which I think he accomplished. We saw how well that team continued to fight all season long in games that they were down and out. And there were times where if things weren't going the right way and he had someone to blame, he blamed himself a lot of times, but he also wasn't afraid to blame his players and to say, hey, these guys need to play better. I need to see more out of them. And, and so I think that's a very encouraging thing if you're a Lions fan, watching where this team went from the start of this season to the end of this season. Oh, absolutely. You, you saw it. It may not have reflected in the or in the, the end result, yeah. but you saw a night and day improvement in all the facets. Even that offense mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, it became a legitimate offense that could contend. Now, when it comes to a quarterback, I, everybody can make up their own mind on the quarterbacks in the draft this year. I yeah. don't see one that's an immediate mm-hmm. next. Like, but the other thing is, if you think that quarterback's there in this draft in that first round, yeah. whether it's Howell or uh, Coral or uh, Desmond Ryder or whoever, mm-hmm. whoever pick it, whoever it is, that's fine. They're never going to see the field this year because yeah. you have Goff. And I, I hate to say it because I don't dislike Jared Goff. Right. I, I, he's a he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback who's, mm-hmm. who can do it. He's your tackling dummy next year. Yeah. He's the guy that's going to go out and do it. You're paying him to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, but, and that's the other thing they need to analyze. Is it because if it's not this year, the guy you pick next year right. in that 23 draft, that's your guy. Because more than likely, Jared Goff's not here. Yeah. More than likely, that person is day one starting quarterback. So they have to make up that mind of, do we grow a quarterback for a year? Or are we do we get everything else built out and then throw the quarterback in? So, I, look, if, <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay, I'm not going to say the Lions can't compete for the NFC North. Because who, who is going right. to take the NFC North? Yeah. But, uh, no, I... I I, I was very excited when they got Campbell. Mm-hmm. Campbell is still very much a player's coach. Yeah. He knows what it's like to be in that locker room with shoulder pads on, so he knows what it's like to get these guys in that right headspace. And he did that most of the year. They had some ups and downs, but most of the year he was it was they were a fun team to watch. They For were sure. never out of it in no. most games. I agree. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. We're here if you want to comment on Lions football, where they're going to be in the draft. Right now, we're pretty we're pretty in lockstep here in the studio about it. You know, the quarterback position, there really isn't one this year that you need to go get. But what else do you think you need, Lions fans? If you're watching, if you're watching this team this year, you looked at him. Hey, you know what? Penny Sewell, he did his job. We're good there. That's that guy's a lock for that position. That's where we need him. That's where we needed help. We got it. Good. Done. 
Jared Goff, listen, you're not paying his full contract, so let's not worry about the money we're spending because we're not really spending that much on Jared Goff. The Rams are. So let the Rams spend the money on Jared Goff. Okay, let them spend and pay us, pay him, whatever they're, you know, however all that works, Venmo him, whatever they're doing. They're just, they're the ones picking up the tab on Jared Goff. So go use that to go get some, get some other pieces. And I'm honestly excited about Amon Ronse Brown. Let's keep watching that kid play, who was one of the best rookies in the league this year towards the second half of the season. Just absolutely dominating. Seven or more receptions in his last, you know, five or six games there. I mean, a guy who just absolutely stepped up in a huge way. 80 yards shy of 1,000 yards. That's what's insane. I, yeah. It, it did. I, he, look, he had great weeks, but I looked at it at the end of the year and I'm like, how did he get that close to 1,000 yards? Mm-hmm. I just, it doesn't seem feasible. And sure enough, he did it. Right, exactly. And those are the things that you like to see happening, right? It's nice when players just fly under the radar and do good things. It, it is, it's exciting to watch when. Like you said, you get to the end of the year and you're like, whoa, this guy did that this season? Because those are things that from a Lions team, you didn't expect. The year started and you looked at it thinking, well, okay, maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. And what you ended up getting out of it was, I think, a little bit of a light that you can now see at the end of a very long tunnel still. But you at least can see it's there and you can at least be excited about what's coming up. So Lions are on the table. You want to talk that? You want to talk NFL playoffs, KC, Buffalo, just getting underway here. Another exciting game. But anything's out there in the world of sports, it's Sports Wrap on WJR. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. You can call, you can text, 800-859-0957. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, we're here for it. 760 WJR, it's Sports Wrap. Matt Lornick filling in for Chris Renwick on your Sunday evening. Right now in the studio, got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills on. We're watching that. Just finished watching the Rams take down the Buccaneers in a final second field goal, 30-27. to Exciting games today. We had some exciting games yesterday coming down to the last second field goals. And you talked about it a little bit before earlier on, you know, Lions draft picks. Where are they going to end up? We're talking about all that. It's on the table for you if you want to chime in and join us, 800 800- 859-0957 is the phone number. You can call in, you can text in. And Lions fans, if you're listening, we're asking you, do you care how good the Rams are doing? Are you a fan of where they're at? Do you like seeing Stafford do well? Scrolling through Twitter during the break, a lot of people are upset because they don't want to, you know, they're, they're saying you're not a true Lions fan if you're rooting for Stafford. Well, okay. Now, yes, does draft stock matter? Does draft positioning matter? Sure. I don't know how much it matters in those later first-round picks because you're talking the difference of potentially, let's say they make it all the way, we're talking the difference of 32 maybe to potentially 28, 29, somewhere in that range. Right now you're probably looking at they're going to be either picking 28th or maybe 32nd. Somewhere in that range, that will be where that second first-round pick comes in. And does that really matter? Is that that big a deal? Lions fans, if you're listening, chime in and let us know. 800-859-0957. I will say, though, an interesting thing is you talk about drafts. You talk about the Bengals drafting a kicker. At the time, everybody said, oh, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you draft a kicker? Well, because you're going to need a kicker. And they were not happy with the situation they were in. They went out. They got McManus and man, or McPherson, I should say. And they are excited to have that guy how could you not be 
because McPherson has been essentially automatic for the Cincinnati Bengals throughout the season and throughout the playoffs. He's done it all for them. Yeah. So are you saying Vrabel made the right decision not trying to ice him at the end of that game? I think it didn't matter. You don't think it mattered? No. I, it's, 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 for me, it's just that it's that weird thing. You, you left a timeout on the board. Yep. And it's like, what what could it hurt? It, You're he, right. He makes it. You, right. you don't call a timeout, you lose. You you try to ice him, he still makes it. You, you didn't do anything other than yeah. prolong pro, prolong it for 30 seconds. The only thing, and everybody's like, oh, well, what if he misses it the first time that makes it the second? Well, that's a that's a risk you take, but yeah. he misses it that first time, you at least put the doubt in his head. Yeah, yeah. And, and and for someone who has been an, as automatic as McPherson, that might have been in variables head of, you know what, it's not going to matter what I do. But I do get your point. I don't ever really like the idea of taking timeouts with you either. Yeah. If you if you've got them, why not use them? Especially when you're in that situation that late in the game. If you're if you're there, let's use what we've got and let's leave it all on the table. Leave no doubt that you did everything you could have done to try and win the game. And and I think that's where a lot of people are saying that about Vrabel. You know, could he have? Should he have? It really doesn't know. You know, no one mm-hmm. will ever really know. But yeah, did he leave that opportunity out there on the field? He did. He he left the timeout and. The cool thing about McPherson, the storyline that I that I read after the game is, you know, they get that pass down the field or they get the the chance to kick this field goal at the end, and he kind of turns to the Bengals bench as he's going out to kick this thing, and he goes, "Well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship." Just the confidence level that this guy has yeah. as a rookie is is it is very good, and it's in a position where you need to have that kind of confidence level. You know, kickers need to have that idea of, you know, what, yep. It's just another day. It's going through the uprights, and we're going to the AFC Championship game. And and to see that out of him and to see the Bengals continue to do those kind of things, that's what's exciting about the Bengals for me. I mean, a team that really you know, has not been in this sort of position for a long time, and after Joe Burrow completely got you know, an injury that was season-ending and now having to be in a position where they come right back the following year and they go right to where they – we're anticipating going with him the first time. I mean, that's exciting stuff for them. All right, and but I also, as a Lions fan, I think you have to look at it from that perspective of, you know, you, they went out, they got their quarterback. He had he had a great first year until the injury came. Mm-hmm. They go out and they everybody's like, oh, you're going to draft the receiver he played with in college. Well, it, it apparently worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. So all it means is you got to give him a couple years. But if you give that new regime a couple years to get the right guys they want, and they do get those right guys, the turnaround comes fast. I don't think anybody at the start of the year would have been like Cincinnati's going to play in the uh, AFC Championship. Right. No, that's not going to happen. No. But it's happening. Absolutely, and that's exactly right. You know, I think that's where Lions fans, you got to be a little patient, little little patient, a little longer. We've waited this long. We can keep waiting a little bit longer, right? It's not going to be anything that's going to happen immediately, but we're in the right direction. Lions trending the right way. Let's talk other Detroit sports teams. Red Wings, your your Red Wings are trending the right way. A little bit faster than your Lions because Steve Eiserman and hockey's a little different, obviously, right? It doesn't take as much to turn things around in that sport. But Steve Eiserman doing things that you needed to have done and coming in and absolutely... I think not, I wouldn't say silently doing it, but very much so doing things that everybody else that's outside the hockey world looks at and goes, why would he do that? Mm. You know, why would he go get that goaltender who nobody knows about? Well, because he saw something he liked. And I think if you are a Red Wings fan and you don't trust that he has an eye for what he likes and what works, then you, one, you didn't follow what he did at Tampa Bay. Mm -mm. And two, 
you must not trust that he's as good of a hockey player. Like those people that think that Steve Eisenman just stopped playing hockey and then sort of <laughs> forgot about the sport. That's just unrealistic yeah. to think, right? Well, I, I also think the big thing is for 20 years, everybody in the city operated under the assumption that Kenny Holland can do no wrong. He knows yes. what he's doing. Yeah. Then we had the bad stretch. But the thing with Eisenman is he came in and he, he's doing right moves. But the first thing he did is go completely against what Holland did. All these young guys, you're on the team. Let's go. Let's right. see what you can do. Right. It does no good for me to watch you in Grand Rapids because the not that Grand Rapids isn't a great league, but the NF the NHL talent is here. I yeah. need to know how you do against these guys, uh-huh. not against the uh, the you know the lower level. Yeah. So you, you get Cider and Raymond and you know Zadina and all these guys up here right now. And hey, it's paying off. You have two guys that yeah. uh, they won't happen, but you have two guys that could legitimate make cases for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. In their first year, and one of them's a defenseman, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and that's exactly what I said yesterday on Sports Trap when I was here, and and it's the same thing that I think could happen to this team again. You're you're in the right direction, right? Eiserman was young when he came here, and he had young guys. Join Join him. And then you got to the point where the older guys were like, you know what? That team out in Detroit, I might want to go end my career there. And that's exactly where we're going again, right? These young guys are here. It's going to be fun. They're going to start making the playoffs again. They're going to start making runs to the finals of the Eastern Conference. And then, you know, maybe they make it to a Stanley Cup. Maybe they don't win. But eventually they're going to get, from my era, a Chelios-type player who's like, you know what? I'm ready to kind of power it down. I'm going to go to Detroit, and I'm going to still be really good at what I do, and I'm going to go win a couple Stanley Cups, have a good time, and help a team out. And that's what's going to happen again. You're going to get older guys in the league that look to this team and say, you know what, let's go do that. Let's well, go may- there. Maybe not to this extent, but that's how you get Robitaille and Hull and Hasek to all yeah. agree, hey, let's go see how that works. And first year, you get a cup. Next year, they're right there in it again. That's how you get, yeah, like we never had that ability because we had talented players, but we had no winning culture and right. no one of no one of merit wanted to be like, yeah, let's give Detroit a shot and see what happens because right. it just didn't look to work. And what Detroit did real quick to give yourself merit was they put Steve Eisenman in charge. So regardless of who's on the ice, Steve Eisenman picks up the phone and calls you. Well, you're you're you might not end up here for sure, but you're definitely going to consider it. If Steve Eisenman's calling you saying, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you come to Detroit? Might just be for a year or two, but hey, we could go win something." You're going to do it. You're going to take that call every single time. And now Nicholas Lindstrom's part of the front office. You're going to take that call. When those two show up at your front door and say, yeah, hey, why don't you come play with us? Oh, I mean, sure. Like, yeah. How would you turn it down? Well, your childhood hero calls your idol and says, yeah. hey, look, we'd really like you to, you know, to come wear a Red Wings sweater. You just look at it like, yeah, I don't care. What, what do you want me to do? You that's, want me to fifth line nothing? Yeah, yeah I'm good with that's that. That's like the funny story of when Draper's son got drafted, right? And the and the Red Wings took him. And they say, well, how are you going to talk to Steve Eisman? Well, I've only known him as Mr. Eisman. So I'm going to continue. So they, you know, the reporters ask, well, you're not going to call him Steve? No, it's Mr. Eisman. That's, that's my dad's friend, right? That's, that's a guy that my dad played with that I grew up around, right? I only know him as that, right? And that's where this team is at, you know? There's there's so much that happens behind the scenes in the Red Wings organization where veterans are still involved that it makes you excited for what the future will be. And I think sports fans here in Detroit need to continue to be excited about what the future holds for our sports teams because Yes, we're all turning around things slowly, but we're turning them around in the right way. The Lions are on the right track. The Red Wings are on the right track. The Pistons, they're on the right track, but they're just still a little farther behind. 
And your Detroit Tigers have done a lot of good things so far in the offseason with some signings they've made, with some different changes they've decided to make. But I think the excitement is still here. And Detroit's a great sports city. There's no other reason to not be excited about what's happening here. So that's it for Sports Wrap on your Sunday. Enjoy the other game on right now in the NFL playoffs. KC, Buffalo, right now a 7-0 lead for the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully we'll see that maybe the Bills get there, right? Josh Allen giving himself a chance. But it's Sports Wrap on WJR. Thanks for hanging out.